Ann, no? Yeah. Right. Hold on, Paul. I, I keep I keep a running notes of things that I think. Um, I have something I want to share today, too. So. Well, you just go right ahead. No, no. Bring something else up, too, if you like. Okay. Let's... Um, Let's go to page 43, one of these men, and see what I had. Uh... Okay, this is this is where we talk about there is no um, no earthly, you know, if you remember um, when Ebby was told by Young, uh, I think this further goes into that, that there, there was nothing on this earth that could cure him from a medical perspective. And this is talking about um, Perry Pollack, who's a psychiatrist at Bellevue. Um, he made the statement to some of us, what you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic's plight is, in my opinion, correct. As to two of you men whose stories I have heard, there's no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Had you offered yourselves as patients at this hospital, I would not have taken you if I had, not, if I had been able to avoid it. People like you are too heartbreaking. Though not a religious person, I have a profound respect for the spiritual approach in such cases as yours. For most cases, there is virtually no other solution. It goes on once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. Yeah. Is that it, Ann? That's it. Thanks. Thank you. It, it, it does. It does go on to the the end of that paragraph that I stopped reading. It finishes with his defense must come from a higher power. Yeah. Well, thanks, Paul, alcoholic. Uh, pleasure to see everyone today. This is, of course. In this one sentence, he talks about, if you're on page 43, what you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholics. But then in the one of the prologues, it talks about we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So seemingly is really important because hopeless is really how the bottom is generated. Seemingly hopeless is the first shot of hope in, uh, in AA. So you feel hopeless and uh, because you have hope now. Yeah, when I was seeming, when I was hopeless, my head didn't want to let me know that because it thought it would be unbearable. So I was in quite a lot of denial about my hopelessness. But when I come into AA and I admit the hopelessness, there's a, I see it in a new light, not even knowing it. I see it as seemingly hopeless. In other words, it's appearing to me to be hopeless. That doesn't mean it's hopeless. Yes? And I feel that as a great... Uh, I really like the word seemingly because one of the definitions 
it is, it's appearing to be true or false to us. So this is, like in some people, uh, they think alcoholism is a disease of the perception and stuff like this. This is all talking about that. Yeah, so basically the way we're built, seemingly, there's, there's uh, a bias to it, yes? So uh, let me see what else it said there. And then, it, of course, and it says we are 100, 100% hopeless apart from divine help. So basically, we're not 100% hopeless. Yeah? We're not apart from divine help. We just think we are. This is what we need to be convinced. Yeah? <laughs> That that which is playing God, that has, has us in a seemingly hopeless state, isn't God, yeah? So, uh, <laughs> because, yeah, we're 100% hopeless apart from divine help, but there's tons of divine help. You want to call it just help, there's tons of help, so we're not hopeless, yeah? <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, we have no defense against, this is a famous statement, right? We have no mental defense against the first drink, but obviously that doesn't mean we don't have a defense. We have a defense against the first drink, but it's not of a mental nature because the problem resides in the mind, so the mental is infected with alcoholism. So you can't use that which is generating the problem to... to uh, find a solution from, yeah, it just doesn't work, yeah, the failedness of the system hopefully gets captured to some extent in the first step for us, yeah, where we finally admit something that was completely a fact for years, which is I'm powerless over something, it wasn't like I just suddenly became powerless, it was I've been powerless over alcohol and drugs for years and years and years, I was just in a denial of that fact, and I don't believe the drinking and the drug use produced the unmanageability. It amplified it. I believe my managing produced the unmanageability, but my managing wasn't my managing. It was self's managing. So self's managing of my life made my life unmanageable. Yeah, but I'm not saying my managing made my life unmanageable because then you can sort of much be pretty much guaranteed your life's going to be pretty much unmanageable because it's always going to be seen as your you're managing it yeah but in this case we're seeing self's managing is what caused the unmanageability in our life yeah if you're clear that's it and that's why we look at self's manifestations in our life so that we can see the real unmanageability and stop calling it us yeah that's why most people don't like to look at the fourth step because we have an active disease that's trying to shield itself from any kind of 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 vision yes it wants to hide itself so basically it tells you I'm not gonna do that writing because if you look at your rolling thing you're gonna see self's rolling thing you are (laughs) 
Yeah. You may keep calling it you, but hopefully these meetings that we're having will help you in that situation. Because maybe you'll stop calling it all you and you'll see self's role in things. Yeah. Like it says on page 60 something, you know, people step on our toes seemingly without provocation. Yeah. But if we look at it, we invariably find we made a decision based on self. Yeah, exactly. So can you call it your decision if it was based on self? Or would it, or would it be a clearer view of calling it self's de- decision? Yeah. Based through you, basically. So something's living through us. And as it does, we call it us. Yeah. So how are you going to separate your role and its role. You have to entertain the possibility that self is sort of a foreign agent, yeah? It's because if Bill W. wasn't implying that, why would he have said being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us? Why would he mention two distinct different things in the one sentence? Yeah, with the hopes that we would lean towards the us and away from the self, hopefully. Because that's that's where recovery is. You're not going to recover as self. You're going to recover from self. Yeah. But if you're identified as self, you're actually you're, the narration, the interpretation of your life is recovering as self. It is. Is it or not? It is, obviously. If you're identified as something and you don't know it, you're living based on that something. You're living from self. And therefore, you're going to see a lot of things that you had a role in, or self's role, not knowing that role, and then everything that's happening seemingly is happening without any of anything to do with you, and therefore you have a lot of justified reasons to fucking resent a lot of things, and then the narrative carries on for 30 freaking years, and you worship at the altar of self. Yeah? You forget miracles every in 10 minutes, and yet you remember a seeming resentment for 40 years. Something is way off. I mean, obviously. Yeah? It's way off that when you're having a good time, suspicion rolls in, and you wonder, do I deserve it? Did I do enough to, you know? But if you have a slightest inkling that you're feeling weird, you're thinking it's the beginning of a lifelong depression. Come on. You gotta see something's going on there. Something is running an interpretation right before your eyes. That's blinding us to something. Yeah. As Jesus supposedly says, you know, for that those who have eyes to see, we all have eyes to see, but are they seeing? Yeah. The ability is there, but is it accessed? You know, it's like, is the unsuspected inner resource still completely unsuspected? (laughs) Or not? I mean, take an inventory of yourself. Or have, you know, work with a sponsor and really, you know, come up with a sober assessment. You know, are you fucked or aren't you? And then, you know... Are you constantly at fires? You must have a role in starting the fire, obviously. And hopefully, when you take your responsibility for your role, you'll see self's role in it. Maybe you are not a fire starter. Maybe you're identified as the fire starter. Yeah? 
And maybe that's when you can see a hopeless state of being a fire starter as seemingly hopeless because I may not be the fire starter. It's not denying the fires. It's denying the ownership of it. Yeah? How are you going to have relief from all the shit that seemingly you and I did under the influence if you keep thinking you did it? Yeah? That you don't see the role of the gorilla in your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, seriously. Do you think I hatched up? All right, around 8 o'clock tonight, I'm going to be crawling around a rug looking for cocaine. Whatever is sort of white, I'll take to be a, <laughs> a piece of cocaine, and I'll even put it in a fucking spoon and try to shoot it up. Oh, yeah, that's... That, that, that was, that was the outlook I projected for that day. Give me a freaking break. It's not your life. Something's living through you. It's either, let's say, the higher power or the lower power. Either way, there's something living through us. As soon as the mental state got developed, things started to come in. Yeah? And take us over and use us for transportation feeling uncomfortable, irritable, and restless because it's sort of like we had two people on a one-seated bicycle. Alcoholism entered, and we felt irritable, restless, discontent. It directed us our solution to that, and we started getting loaded, which wasn't a solution to it. Yeah? And there you went. And then there came a point where the addiction to self was so paramount, you became addicted to your pseudo-ideas of relief from it, shooting coke or drinking or whatever, and then you lost all sense of power, and basically you were used for transportation. And lo and behold, with this incredibly unique, special, terminally unique story, you end up at all the same parking spaces we all end up, institution, jails, and death. How did we all get here? I'm not like you, but I sure showed, ended up at the same fucking place. Something must be directing all of us. Yes? AA calls itself. Yeah. What do you call it? You? There's the, there's the rub. If you're calling self you, you're like the fucking O'Hare, you're like O'Hare Airport. Fucking everything can land in there. You got a huge tarmac. Shit's being unloaded all fucking day. Shipments from three years ago and five years from now. How am I going to deal with this exactly? How can you deal with an? How can you deal with an imaginary problem? If you don't have the ability to recognize what's happening and what's not happening, you're fucking out to lunch, literally. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Let's be honest that I don't even know how the day is going. I wait for my head to tell me around 8 o'clock at night. Oh, I had a terrible day. Oh, that motherfucking Jim at 11. He looked at me in a weird... You had no idea at the time. And you're the living of it. How can you be that gone? Because we're not even on the pulse. We've given up the living and we've, we're fed an interpretation. And we're living a story. Yeah. And some of the story is so weird, 
it doesn't it's like from 1979 and you're trying to match it with 2020 it does, it's fucking ridiculous you've been 32 years sober you're not the same fuck that came into the program you know what i mean you don't have to have handcuffs all day because you may do something you're not gonna do shit you're gonna help somebody maybe yeah you can't even enjoy the freedom from the bondage of self because self keeps saying telling you it's coming back at any minute any second whoa jesus yes exactly how can you look forward if you're constantly looking at over your shoulder it used that with time that's why we do the amends because then we're freed from the past yeah because it loves to have us locked in there self it does and it loves us to be completely concerned about the future so it can take us over now yeah it can't take us over now it uses the past and the future to take us over now do you want to be recovered in name only really do you want to have it on your resume? I've been sober 32 years. But we used to say it a lot. There's a lot of us, many included at times, we have too many years and not enough days. You can be like that all the time. Is it another part of the story, I've been sober for 32 years, or is it a living fucking freedom from the bondage of self? This program is a program of attraction, not promotion. Yeah? It's the relief and the freedom that we're enjoying that's attracted to people who aren't in that relief and don't have that freedom, I believe. On some other level of consciousness, that's what's attractive, is see someone who's like a free-range alcoholic where you've been in five years of programs and jails and terrible marriages and shit, and someone just like you is living free from the bondage of self a day at a time. How much more attractive can that be? Yeah? Pretty damn attractive. To have a, you know, to be honest that the problem does not exist for you today. To be fucking honest about it. You don't have to hedge the statement, but I'm still crazy. You don't have to pay allegiance to the past God. Yeah, we're in good hands. Let's act like it. Yeah. Have you been taken care of? Yes. But I don't know if I will be taken care of. Well, that's based on what you're relying on. Truly. If you're relying on self, you're going to have anxiety about being taken care of. If you're relying on that higher power, you're enjoying the experience of being taken care of now. Basically. That's how it goes. Yeah? One thing's available to what's happening. The other thing is completely available to what's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a talk yesterday, an, an AA thing. I got the, the privilege to share about step six and seven. And so we went off on some tangent, but I really got, I went back to that page 53, if anyone has a book there, about faith. 
yeah starting on that last column but then mostly the meat is on page 54 when it's he's been spending a lot of time trying to make it okay for people who have a like who are agnostic or have a like a, a resentment towards an idea of God to sort of still come in and practice the program and basically trying to point out to them you're fucked really you know and so maybe you should be open to some suggestions so he says that was natural but let us think a little more closely yeah all right so let me go to the paragraph earlier than that arrived at this point this point of being screwed really yeah we were squarely confronted with the question of faith we couldn't duck the issue some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason what is that the bridge of reason is thoughts yes the thought system where does the problem reside in the mind where is the demonstration of the activity of the disease of alcoholism? A deep faith in thoughts. So false evidence keeps appearing real. That's the dilemma, yes? So here, we couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desire shore of faith. The outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage. So this is perhaps there's a better way, yeah? Some of these people, yeah, have been pulled out of the, the dependence on the finite and have moved to the shore of faith, yes? What a power. Then he got, drops down at the bottom and he goes, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith? For did not we... Did we not believe in our own reasoning? Yeah. I would actually question if it's our own reasoning. Because when you share your reasoning, it sure sounds like my reasoning. So I don't think it's my own reasoning. <laughs> Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Exactly. Yes, we have been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered, I hope right now, that faith had been involved all the time. Yeah? So we were talking about it yesterday when it says, turning our will and light and our will and our lives over to the care. What are you really turning over is faith, basically. That's what we are. As Jesus says, as you believe, so it is. That's what we are as an activity, yeah? And when someone says they don't have any faith, there's faith in that. Yeah? They have faith that they don't have any faith. You can't get out of faith. It's a force, yeah? Now, faith is going to manifest here in, in the vehicle it's put in. So if the faith is put in the thought system, what does it produce? Mental anxieties. Yes? What does faith in the thought system produce? It produces false evidence to appear real. That's what it does. Yes? Then we react as if it's real, which it ain't, and then the shit hits the fucking fan. Yeah? So, basically, what we're turning over when you say our will and lives is our faith. Yeah? 
And Bill W. says, perhaps the, there is a better way. Let's drop the perhaps. There is a better way. Yeah? Trusting, which is what? Faith in action. Yes? Trusting, instead of trusting finite self, trusting the infinite. Yeah? Now, it doesn't say we're going to do that. It's going to happen to us. We're going to tell the truth about what we've been relying on and, and recognize and come to grips with the failure of that, yeah, with, with the hopes that that recognition will open, open us up to surrender so that the higher power can attract the faith that's in self and bring it out of self. And you can see it through the program. They describe some of the effects. And one of them is you're going to lose interest in self and gain interest in others. That's when the faith is being moved from the reliance of the failed system over to something that works, yeah? So basically, my will in life is truly a manifestation of faith, yeah? And I'm surrendering faith over to that power. Through the program, that faith will be turned away from faith in what isn't reliable and put into what is reliable, and we and I, you and I start showing the effects, and then we start sharing those effects. Yeah? And then everything that was said about the solution in the big book becomes intimate to us. We now have the experience, at least in some periods, of not fighting anyone or anything. We have the feeling of we've been placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on our path. Part, we have that feeling constantly that something is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. All of these become an intimacy of that power, yeah? And the faith that's been put in it, yeah? Hallelujah, yeah? So the steps are to basically, let's see, the role, our role, which is faith, our role, yeah, in what's happened. And so you realize, as it says in page 67, I think, why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Exactly. Faith in self has failed us. Being convinced, we will now look at self's common manifestations or some of its common manifestations, and realize that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So it's, the, it's how self has defeated us is through the manifestations. What fueled it was faith. I believed the interpretation I was listening to all day. I believed you were out to fuck with me. I believe I'm a victim. I believed it's the judges, it's the cops. I believed a lot of shit. So that gravitational pull weakens self and you move to the higher power, the infinite, yeah? Now, a lot of people want to keep talking about how it was like in self-planet. I'd much rather say, fuck that, and let's just move to the other. Yeah? Because 
People don't come here and say, man, I've been traveling incredibly light for three weeks. They come here, oh, I felt a little weird yesterday for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Give me a freaking break. Hasn't your basis changed? If it hasn't, it will change. If you stay in this program and you take the suggestions, yeah, and to do your best you can, something is going to do for you what you could not do for yourself, yeah? It will relieve you of the bondage of self, which is faith in self, and it will free you by having that faith in the infinite, yes? Now, that which wants to narrate your life is going to be grudgingly lying about how you are, but other people will probably see it in you before you will. And they say, man, you look so much better, Paul, than when I used to know you. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a new driver, yes, running the show. You don't look like a rabid wolf. Yeah. See what people look like when they go back out. You can, their whole facial structure sometimes changes, and their eyes definitely change in like one, two days. They've been taken over. The faith is now in self again. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm so happy there's a solution, really. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I mean, this solution has been so awesome. I've never had a solution in this life like this solution where the problem doesn't exist for me today. That's a fucking incredible solution. I've had a lot of solutions concerning getting run over by cars, but the problem has never not existed for me. Yeah? One leg shorter than the other, it's a little fucking crippled. So it affects the experience here. And I've had a lot of solutions to it. But this solution, the most dominant nasty influence that I ever had in this life, which was active alcoholism and active addiction, that, uh, that problem does not exist for me today. What a fucking solution. I mean, I can't believe it. Yeah? I can't believe I, I don't have to fight tons of thoughts about getting loaded. I don't have any thoughts about getting loaded. I don't have to change feelings that I really want to get high. I don't have a feeling of wanting to get high. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's incredible. It's truly like being revised up and down. That's why they say you're going to have a new freedom and a new happiness and a new attitude and a new outlook. The old is out with the old. And now welcome the new. Yeah, It's not going to be a rehabilitated old. It's going to be discarded. Yeah? You're not going to be run by the past. You won't shut the door on it, nor will you fucking think much about it anymore. Yeah? You'll be in the new. You'll feel fucking alive, and I bet you you'll start feeling content and satisfied, which will change a lot of your behavior. Seriously. Because most behavior is based on not being satisfied and discontent. Yeah? <laughs> really? I don't want to get out of myself all day. I realize I can't escape from what I'm not actually in. <laughs> so, fuck it. <laughs> I, 
I don't think it's unique. I think it's available every one of us. Yeah, because we're dealing with the same dilemma. It's not like I'm a unique mental strain. I'm a I'm a fucking dog shit addict alcoholic. <laughs> Seemingly. <laughs> I'm not for all intents and purposes now, but seemingly to keep my membership in this group. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, all right, thank you for uh, putting up with me today. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much, Paul. Uh, we don't have any questions from Facebook, nor are there any hands raised just yet. Anybody who has a question? They'll be Paul, coming. What was that? They'll be coming, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, in the meantime, for a minute. we stunned it for a minute, but the parasite, like the legs will go. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Correct. You just stepped yeah. over me. And we have our first question from Stephen Paris. You're, you're, you're a wise man, Paul. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, Stephen Paris, and you can... Stephen Paris or Stephen of Paris? Well, I, it says Stephen Paris. You'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask him. Hi. This is Stephen Paris. Stephen? I am from Glasgow. But it, was, it was just... Glasgow? Glasgow, yeah. But, I but couldn't really, have tell... I, I that's not a surprise. Hmm? I went through the, the program and I had a really wonderful experience feeling the presence of God. You know what I mean? Feeling that energy. It was like a shift from the head to the heart. And I'd been doing inventory, like nightly inventory for about a year. And I heard your message talking about just kind of letting go of different techniques such as inventory, and I, and I seen the truth in I seen the truth in that, that how we're constantly analysing the manifestations of self and the ego, and but I mean the only problem I've got is my, my sponsor is is really big on steps ten and eleven, and he thinks I'm on a kind of shaky place because I'm not doing inventory, but I've not been doing it for eight months and I've been fine. It's just, have you had any experience with, with anything like that? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I've had experience with that. But uh, the point I feel, and see, this is where I can become a, a blasphemer, so I've got to be careful. I've already burned, I've been burnt at the imaginary stake a few times. But... Uh, so what's there to lose? See, this is a feeling thing, yes? So at certain times, a lot of things may be necessary. But when those conditions that demanded the necessariness of those things changes, then the necessariness of those things changes, yes? Yeah. So for me, when I was young in AA, doing nightly 10 steps led to not needing to do so many 10 steps. Yes? Yeah. They changed the condition that demanded doing 10 steps. Yeah? So now when something comes up, I'll do it, but not much comes up anymore. Yeah? 
Now, to me, I love tools, but I love more not to have to use them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So that's my experience. Now, I can share that with my sponsor. My sponsor is concerned of my sobriety, rightfully so, and he doesn't want something to regroup while you're enjoying, let's say, the sunshine of the spirit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So just share with the guy or the woman honestly and uh and then there's nothing you're not going to lose anything by doing inventory you can start doing 10-step inventories mostly about the effects of the goodness yeah yeah that's part of doing a 10-step inventory is man i've traveled a lot lighter today yeah yeah, it doesn't always have to be my where was I selfish and self-seeking and shit like that. It can also be, hey, I had a long stretch where I wasn't thinking about myself today. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. So let's say you have a suit that you wear and then you grow out of the suit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, therefore, you, it's not like you're not going to have a suit. You're just going to have a better tailored suit, yeah? So we're, out, we're constantly growing out of old conditions. Yeah. Sort of like if you're a, a plant. When you're small, you can be in a little pot. But if you start thriving, it necessitates you getting into a bigger pot, yeah? Yeah. If you want to keep it in the smaller pot, it's going to define it and keep it smaller but i feel life keeps making bigger pots yeah in recovery i do but i'm also in i'm down i have 30 something years so i've been under this influence a long time yeah yeah so the influence has led me not to do much to maintain a spiritual condition other than know i'm a spiritual condition so if I talk from my own experience, that's what I can say. If I talk to someone who doesn't want another person to go out, then I would say, yeah, yeah, you know. And then step 11 is improving one's conscious contact. Yes? Yeah. It's the suggestions are prayer meditations. They're not the only suggestions down the road. Yeah? There's yeah. a lot of ways we improve our conscious contact being in conscious contact improves it right there tell you the truth <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like when you're awake to being awake that's an incredible maintenance of conscious contact <laughs> yes yeah so it could be gazing out the window it could be walking in the woods it could be doing service there's tons of things basically everything you'll you'll do at a certain point in your day will be improving one's conscious contact. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, everything. So you see, based on one condition, these are the suggestions. Based on other conditions, they can't be the same suggestions. They've got to open up a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So that's my humble take on it. Thanks a lot. Yes. Thanks a lot, Stephen Paris of Scotland. Thanks a lot, Paul. Stephen Paris of Glasgow. That's correct. Our next candidate is Beatrice. 
Unmute yourself. Well, let me let me ask you to unmute yourself. Okay. Hey, if Beatrice is a candidate, I'm gonna vote for her. <laughs> uh, it depends what I'm a candidate for. I'm, I'm gonna do a man ballot. Beatrice, yes. Beatrice, alcoholic, and, and thank you, Paul. You know, you, you just you just always just bring it home for me. So two points I'd like to make. First of all, I love what you said about the conscious contact. You know, I, I started doing this thing called two-way prayer. I'm sure you know what it is. And I've been doing it for months now, probably since July. I'm sorry, talking my hands. Um, and I find now that uh, I don't have to do it as much. Like the writing that I used to do has got, actually, I just kind of look out the window and say, God, what am I supposed to be writing? It? And, I, and I don't have to write, if that makes sense. Yes. And then, and I, and I usually do that first. But the other day, I went for a walk first. And that contact was so much stronger than the actual sitting down in the chair, my sacred spot that I call uh, where I do this kind of, of um, I wanna say discipline. And that's really what it is. It's just something that just kind of gets me, I don't even know it's what the word is. Yes, it's a habit, yes, a yes, nice yes, habit, yeah. Yes, yes, so, and I love it and, and I do it every day. But the other thing I wanted to, but I, I, I love what you also say about it can be other things that we get conscious contact through, just not that, the yeah. walking, whatever it is. Uh, but the other thing I, I wanted to mention, and I love what you said earlier, and it, I always relate to that part in the book where it says, um, you know, we had a new employer being all powerful. We, we, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we can contribute to life. And this is the killer for me. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. Ooh, ooh. That I just love. That's all. Thanks. Yes. The thing is, see, the, the conscious of the presence is the highest... Uh, improving of the conscious contact <laughs> yeah now maybe you need tools to allow that to happen but that's not necessarily the only way it's allowed to happen so yeah it's based to see where you're at so there's a lot of things i used to do that i don't do now but when i was doing them i needed to do them yeah see i don't know how to get how to ex to express this but it's the flea, it's like, it's living, yeah? It's living. You grow in and grow out. You grow in, you grow out. You grow in. That's why it's nice to have a sponsor who you trust so that they can, because they may be able to see how your rivers flow in it more than you because you have a vested interest in it. They may not have such a strong vested interest in it, yeah? So... So, yes, but there, it's a constantly growing in, growing out, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's not stagnant. Yeah? This is a living, this, this is a design for living, not a design, you know, it's designed for living. It's an activity. So I did a lot of things religiously, and I don't do them at all now. 
because I was in different conditions back then than I'm in now. And all I want to have is the grace and the eyes to see how to dance with the conditions I'm in. I'm not going to use the same dance steps that I use to get out of something that I'm not in anymore. I'm not. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yes? So, basically, this is a living event. Now, I'm not saying anything, but the people who wrote the big book, the most time they had was four years of sober life. They're not like the apostles or saints. They're just like us, and they had four years of an influence. We, we've had a lot of years of the same influence, yeah? And this power is constantly going to reveal to us and now their constantly was for four years. Ours has been for many, many more years. So more stuff gets revealed. Yes? Yep. Yes. So let's say they went through four cycles of growing into, growing out of. Some of us have gone through 33 cycles growing in and growing out. Yes? And so what was imperative for the first few cycles may not be now. But the the sense of the of that presence is that's as the world turns, that's the, the hub of the turning is the sense of being awake. To what? Now. Yeah. That's the presence. Everything else is past and future. Yeah? The presence is exactly what it says. Now. Yeah. And if you're in the access of it now, all the tools that you ever used have done their job. It's not to become the master of the tool, it's to be free. Yeah? We had that old story, maybe I'll use it now, the Poopa Scoopa story. It's uh, when I was trying to, when I work with knuckleheads, you know, very difficult. So, me being included. So, the Poopa Scoopa story is about a, a guy has a beautiful house, huge yard, he, and he loves that yard. Every morning he jumps off the porch with no shoes on, lays down, does angel wings, and loves it, has, rents it out for marriages, play, has lawn bowling tournaments, you know, dog shows, not dog shows, but everything. Very into it, yeah? And then one day he jumps off the porch and he lands in some shit. Yeah? So he has to first, he's got to go back on the porch, and there goes running around in the morning dew with no shoes. There's gone. He has to wear shoes now. Then he starts walking around the property, and he sees there's a lot of shit all over the place. Dog shit. Yeah? It smells. And he's, now he starts to worry because he has a lawn bowling tournament this weekend and then a marriage next weekend. So now anxiety arises. What am I going to do with this shit? So he does, oh, fuck it. It goes in watches some movies, just denies it, goes back out with the hopes that it's gone, there's more shit, yeah? So what does he do? I don't know, I can't fucking deal with this. So he turns down the thing, cancels the lawn bowling tournament, and then he starts, he, he's just, he starts looking at videos of lawns, you know, Kentucky bluegrass and everything, and he's reminiscing, and he starts bitching to some people, and they have the same experience. Jesus, I can't even go out in my yard. It stinks to high heaven. And so now they have meetings, and everyone gets together and starts bitching about what's happening. So then they realize this guy looks on the Internet, and he finds out this uh, pooper scooper. 
he orders that pooper scooper and he goes out and he starts picking up shit and he gets like about a two by six feet piece of his old lawn back for a couple hours yeah so he shares this with the group and the group is like what and he goes yeah and here's the here it is here's where to get the pooper scoopers now he gets two of them and he becomes really good so he's like a master of shit picking up so he starts going he's like becomes a circuit speaker and he goes to all these meetings and yes i'll show you how to pick up shit faster than that dog can fucking dump it and this and that and then he starts getting autographed models and he's got a huge business now and he's write a big book and people look at him as a fucking he's the master of pooper scooping and so he thinks he's got the answer yeah he's got leather jackets with pooper scooper and everything on then one day a guy comes in and says hey i heard you had a problem he says no 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 i've mastered the problem i'm the greatest pooper scooper and the guy goes well why don't you just find the dog yeah what yeah if you get rid of the dog there goes the shit See, the dilemma with this is we think we're the dog. We can't entertain being free from the dog. We're entertaining being free as the dog. And then when this guy hears the solution, find the dog, his head is quite invested in the problem. He's a fucking circuit speaker. He's a master shit picker upper. He doesn't want to hear get rid of the dog. Yeah. He needs the problem. The problem is now his solution. So he's not open to hearing the solution. This is what the defense of the self does. So find the dog and see it's not you. Yeah? You don't have to rationalize all the shit and fucking make excuses for it and then be responsible for it. You didn't take the shit. The dog did. Yeah? That's what happens. People always get in touch with me. Oh, I got you on this one. What about responsibility? And I said, well, all right. I have a dog. My dog shits on the neighbor's lawn. Now, that it's done it a few times. The neighbor calls me up. He's super pissed. Hey, your fucking dog shit on my lawn again. I go, oh. I'm sorry, I go over there, clean the shit up. I tell the guy, hey, I'm, this ain't going to happen again. And I start walking the dog in other streets, yeah? Now, I was accountable for my dog, but I wasn't responsible. I didn't think I took with those shits. And I didn't have guilt and shame for 30 years. Why did I shit on the neighbor's lawn? I didn't. The dog did. Yeah, I'm very clear it wasn't me, but I'm responsible for it because it's supposedly my dog. But in fact, it's accountability, not responsibility. Yes? It's truly accountable. So I'm accountable for all the damage the gorilla did in other people's lives through me, but I'm not responsible for that fucking damage. The gorilla is. So let's see what my role is and what self's role is. Because I got a feeling most of us, it's very confusing. Yeah? So do an inventory, do the inventory of looking how self manifests in various ways through its manifestations has defeated us. Look at it that way. So you'll stop calling resentments yours and fears yours because the owning of the fear allows the fear to own you. It does completely. 
you'll have a resentment that would have gone in five minutes for 40 years if you call it yours. Seriously. There's no resentment that has a life expectancy of a more than 30 minutes or, or an hour or maybe 12 hours. But we've had, we've had resentments on life support for 40 years. Breathing life into it. My resentment, my resentment. I don't see how we don't see it. Do you want to live life based on guilt and shame that the gorilla produced? Jesus Christ, when are you going to be let off your own hook? I mean, seriously. I mean, I was on probation for the first four years of AA. Taking myself to be me, I, I didn't trust as far as I could throw myself. So I was constantly on probation, but I was released from probation after about four or five years, yeah? And I saw that self was playing God over self. I recognized it, yeah? And then I entered a state of being free from the bondage of self. <clears throat> and then I saw what self is and what self ain't, and it ain't us. It ain't us. And if you keep calling it you, it's going to feed off of you. It is. It's a parasitical nature. It doesn't, you're not going to make it a service animal. You're not going to go on picnics with it. Yeah, it's not going to play fetch. It's going to eat you. <laughs> it is. It's going to take the attention and interest that can enrich your life. And, ens and enslave you with it because it's going to have you paying a lot of attention to shit that's not happening. Yeah. You'll never know what you are. You'll be remembered. And a, a, a memory of you isn't capturing you. The <laughs> memory of you isn't capturing you. You're something completely different than a frozen picture of eight years ago. So, yeah, any more questions? Uh, we actually have two questions left. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks a lot, Beatrice. Um, our next question comes from Anne from Chicago. And if you'd like to unmute yourself. Oh, all right. So I was thinking, Paul, first of all, this today is fantastic fantastic um but uh i was thinking when you were reading from um page 53 um you know that that some of us have have or many of us or a few of us have crossed the bridge of reason and um we've we've gone towards the desired shore right so when when you were talking on that i was recalling um you spoke earlier this year at um, the Nothing Conference on gone, 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 gone to the other shore or gone to the shore. And I was thinking maybe you could come in with some of that here. Well, people know yoga and stuff and the, you know, the genesis of yoga started in India. So it had a lot to do with Hinduism and stuff. And basically, there's a mantra that's a famous mantra that's been translated in a lot of different ways. 
And so I entered, uh, I was giving a talk at a yoga studio in Philadelphia, in Mainline. Uh, and this thing was on the wall, said, gone, gone, gone to the other shore. Now, the other shore is sort of like a Buddhist idea of awakening, yes, of, of having that waking act as that presence that you're now conscious of, yeah. So it went gone, gone, gone to the other shore upon arriving on having never left. Yeah. So basically what they're saying is you're at the other shore already. <laughs> and you may get so involved in getting to it, you'll be seemingly living in a forgetfulness that you are it. This is the condition most of us are in all day. Yeah. So a lot of we had a great example at one of these meetings, a guy, a friend in England, he would con every day say the third, say the third step prayer of please relieve me of the bondage of self. And he finally one day he recognized he was in the relief of the bondage of self and that the head was using the prayer to put the recognition that he is relieved to hide it by I will be relieved. Yes. So it was hiding his present tense state. He was in the act of being relieved of the bondage of self. And he was in a denial of that by praying uh, the third step prayer, you see? So the head was using the solution to promote a problem. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So he, then it dawned on him, hey, wait a minute. And there was a beautiful illustration of what we're attempting to imply here. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the condition that you may want to end up in is already available now. <laughs> the basis of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what, when you when you when you when you say that, I always kind of get this visual of, of the slipping back onto that action figure costume to yeah. get, um, you know, and 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 say that prayer. Yeah. yeah. And it's all right. The action figure costume is constantly going to be slipped on. You just got to maybe entertain. You're not the one that's slipping it on. Yeah. It's just, it's doing like a mime. It's pantomiming this whole event. And what happens is we buy into it thinking it's us, but it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. See, the... Why is it, why do you think thoughts, thoughts aren't being, they're not displayed here on the forehead so everyone can see them. It's basically targeting an audience of one, us, not a physical thing, what we are. Yeah, the thought system is playing to what we are, trying to present false evidence to it with the hopes that it will hook and that false evidence will appear real. Once it does, then the game's on, yeah? Once you think that guy's fucking with you, then the resentment starts taking hold. That resentment may cook, and maybe your socialization will hold it down, but it's going to bubble up sooner or later, and there's going to be an acting out. And that acting out is going to produce a tattoo, a consequence, that you're not going to be able to rub off, maybe. Maybe it's going to be a two-year uh, prison sentence. The last time I spoke at prison, they had three inmates that spoke before. 
and each one of them were was in because of vehicular manslaughter. They killed someone while they were driving drunk. Yeah? They killed someone while they were driving drunk. Now they were some of them had been sober fifteen years now, completely different condition than they were in that night when it happened, but they're still suffering the, the effects of that night. Yeah, they're still in San Quentin. It was amazing, blew my mind. Yeah, so this is what happens. A thought is just a thought until it compels an action. Then it can extend a life there. Yeah, so like for me, it was a boring Sunday night, freezing cold in Long Island, New York, January 30th. I was lost in my life. I had fled Florida and I went back to Long Island and I was staying at my sister's house that used to be the house I grew up in. I was fucking full-blown, completely addicted to addiction, basically. Lots of cocaine and shit like that. I knew something was wrong. I had been involved in a spiritual group when I was on probation when I was younger, from 17 to 20. I looked it up. They had a meeting in a town in Long Island. I went there. I sat in a group. I used to be involved with this group, but my head says, you don't feel any connection. You're too far lost. On the way home, I stopped at a bar in Baldwin, Long Island, walked in. I knew the bartender, looked around. There was only a waitress and him. He gave me a couple of shots of Grand Manier and a Quaalude. I went home. Should have been the end of the night, right? Sunday night, 10.30, my head got active. Irritable, restless, discontent started telling me false evidence. A big party erupted at that bar. Maybe your future wife is there. You're really blowing it by staying here. It moved me because of an incredible faith in the thoughts. Back to the car. I drove back to that bar. I never, never made it across the street. I got run over by a car twice because he ran me over, didn't know what he hit, and backed up over me. Woke up in the hospital a couple days later out of a coma. Had no fucking idea what had happened. And from that day on, I'd been severely physically affected for 38 years. 38 years. Now, how many times I had, had I had those thoughts? And how many times that, that I had maybe just gone to a refrigerator or picked up a drink? And it seemed like I was living somewhat successfully. But there's always that one event that can leave a tattoo on you. Yeah, Some people cross the line and they become wet brain. They do. Some people do much speed and they're going to look like a speed freak for the rest of their life. Yeah, they, We cross lines when in a sense there's still availability and hope but there's no coming back from certain tattoos in a way. Yeah, You're going to have to live with that. Yes, that's it. So the point of AA to me, we were sharing this the other day, is yeah, we do the working steps to really follow like contact tracing of the parasite. Yeah, really. We're trying to find out the source of all that shit, bring it back to self. So it's contact tracing like they do with an epidemic. Yeah. So we do an inventory and stuff like that. 
and then amongst the working steps four and five and eight and nine there's six and seven now six and seven after you do the working steps are getting much closer to the root of the problem they're going to the mind so you're gonna see the alcoholism appear in the thought realm before it builds a house that you have to that you move in and pay rent and have a mortgage on that's where the freedom lies so you see alcoholism before you're looking from its effects you see it now because of what you're awake the conscious presence gives you an awareness of what you were living without knowing it you were living in a condition of being taken over without knowing it now you know it so you're watching it do one of its maneuvers and then you bring it to six and seven you say hey i'm entirely ready to have this this that this that is from what i'm not be reconfigured and you ask that power to do it that's six and seven. Six and seven is the closest steps to where the problem resides yeah you're right at the bakery of alcoholism it's cooking up its new muffin of the week you know and it's good to catch it <laughs> before, because once it's out on the market it's hard to have a recall yeah you can't go to the judge and say uh uh you know no you're going to jail you killed the person yeah so it's best if you can see it before it gets a chance to manifest yes this is being awake yeah so six and seven is the greatest tool of an awakened recovered person i swear yeah because you're gonna see in your head exactly what you used to look you used to listen to with great devotion you're going to see the same presentations you are and now you're not going to give it your devotion because your devotion is in the higher power yeah that's the better way that's the better way so six and seven are so potent yeah because what else is you can't take the all you can do is point out the garbage you can't pick it up yeah self can't get out of self but the higher power can take us out of self it can so bring what up see this idea of abandoning if you took a video of you abandoning yourself to god you'd still be there you can't abandon what you are you can abandon what you're not I can leave a car on a road 10 miles from where I live. I can abandon it because I'm not the car. So you're abandoning your old ideas. You're abandoning self over to the care of the higher power. You're not abandoning you. You can't do it. Can you pick yourself up? Give me a fucking break. You're abandoning something that you're not. It says abandon ourselves. It doesn't say that. I don't see self as me. I don't. I see it as something other than me. All right, I'm willing to abandon that motherfucker. <laughs> Give me a, yeah, here you go. Hey, I just caught him, you know, sprouting another baby. Here, turn it over to the divine orphanage. Here. <laughs> Jesus, I don't want to feed that mouth the rest of my life. The mouth of resentment and anxiety and fucking righteous justification and aloneness and specialness and terminal uniqueness. I don't want to keep feeding that shit. 
It's ravenous. It's never satisfied, is it? That's what abstinence is. Abstinence isn't putting it on a diet. Abstinence is not feeding it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I don't fucking fuck with the dog, big dog, it ain't going to wake up. If I'm there t- trying to tease it and shit like that, you know? No. Abstinence is another topic we could speak about someday. What an incredible space where you have no thoughts or feelings about drinking or using. That's a fucking sacred that's worthy of a temple site, yeah, abstinence. If you could build a fucking uh, temple of worship, abstinence would be a place, yeah. Can you imagine living in it? There's no way in fucking hell you could have ever come up with abstinence, but you're living from it now. You were placed there. Not by our thought or effort, yeah, but by a power greater than us. Thank you, Paul. Um, do you want to continue or have the last question? Know what I think? I'm going to have the virtual background as a, an insane asylum room. <laughs> we, can, we can be one inmate. We'll be speaking to the inmates. Maybe we'll get really clear then. The rubber... I'll have a straight jacket on. Yes. That sounds great. (laughs) I mean, no matter where we are, if we're sober today, let's honor that. Yeah. Let's just honor the miraculousness of not actively drinking or using or completely trying to change how I feel every fucking second. <laughs> That's a monumental uh, possibility that was impossible at certain points. Yeah, it was not available. Yeah. So. Nonetheless, you didn't ask my answer my question, and I'm coming from planet self. Would you like to have the last question? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. Thank you. Last question is Meryl Lammers. Meryl, unmute yourself and you can lead us out. Hey, Paul. Hey, Meryl. Um, this has been a great meeting. Um, I keep hearing you talk about self as this parasitic entity, and I keep thinking about the concept of the hungry ghost in Buddhism and almost like a possession in a, in a way. Um, and no, it's a possession. Yeah. It is a possession. right. Okay. So that cleared that, that up for me. Thanks. Um, and, and I keep thinking about it. So I go, I went through this process, um, of the steps and, you know, I, I've had that, that transformation that you've been talking about, which I am just every day so grateful for. And, what I keep thinking about is how it, the book says that the liquor is just a symptom and this idea of like, like self isn't me. So the alcoholism isn't me. And if I look back through my life, like the inventory asks, and I look at my life before I started drinking and how I had all these 
things happen. I mean, you were talking about traumas, so that's there. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic home, so that's there. Um, I grew up with very anxious people um, and how that stuff can get placed onto a child, which is also not me, like that's someone else's stuff, right? And, but I, But if I remove the liquor, what I saw in, in early sobriety is I was still functioning from that place of like the, the wounded child in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm wondering if, if, like, if you think the whole point of this process is to really, re it's like a returning to authenticity of like, okay, I'm this, I am this spiritual being here inhabiting this body. Um, and, and is that related to the line in the book? Like I get to match calamity with serenity instead of functioning from this like autopilot place of here's all the ways I was imprinted as a child and learned how to cope with life. Um, now I, now this program is giving me the tools to rely on something much bigger than how like life imprinted me. Because I, you know, I look at my child who's two and a half and he's just like, purely himself you know um and i i remember that as a child just being like you know uninhibited i guess so do you think that that's like that's kind of the point it can be but i mean it's uh yeah a lot of stuff that got done gets undone yeah yes yeah that's what happens because it's necessary. I mean, look at some of the conditions that we start with when we enter AA, the inability to have a viable relationship with another human being. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, those things are, uh, those are right to be undone. Yeah, and I feel a lot of people have experienced that and so many more, so many more, uh, I mean, it's sort of like the window you were looking out through, yeah, was allowing you a very small vision, but what's out there is as large as it's always been, yeah? So basically what happens is my feeling in, in my day-to-day -day is there's a whole lot more acceptance in the atmosphere I'm breathing than there used to be, yeah? So Paul, as Paul gets accepted uh is living in an acceptance not in a rejection which basically what i was living in since i was about six years old <laughs> seemingly yeah so that's a huge atmospheric change so yeah i believe there's a lot of points uh, but that's one of them yeah 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 i mean again for us to be of maximum use some of us need to be worked on, yeah, a lot, yeah, because uh, we've learned in w one weird way, the way to manage this life is to play small, yeah, and so my idea of living on the edge, uh, you know, what living on the edge to me would be really be going to a job interview, or maybe being, you know, having some unconditional love coming my way, that would be living on the edge, not shooting dope and getting shot at by the police. That was, I was familiar with that. 
But what I'm really afraid of is having someone love me without having all these thoughts arise and wanting to yell at them why they shouldn't. <laughs> you know, all these things have been altered. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome to watch. Yeah. And I haven't, it didn't it really ask me much. It hasn't asked me much. Basically just to honor the results and to, and to be, uh, you know, like it says, we have a new employer being all powerful. He's going to take care of us. If we stay close to it, we can't be far from it and do its works well. Hey, well, who am I to say what its works are, but do them well through me. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, you know, it's hard to make, uh, thank God we have a program. Because it's hard to make a program out out of the intimacy of conscious contact, or mm-hmm. it, it's hard. It's a very intimate. Uh, I you know you could not not one one not one word would be able to capture it, nor a million words. You know what I mean? It's a sort of something that is such a joy that you're living in. You're living in the effect of something greater in you. <laughs> fucking far out. And I realized by being an AA that I will rise up to the occasion because of my re- uh, alliance with AA that I wouldn't do fucking for anyone before. Yeah. So AA's brought the best out of Paul in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which is incredible. I didn't know I had that in me. I didn't know that if Paul, the action figure, affiliated with something greater than itself, it would bring out the best in Paul, which it has. Yeah, the community of AAs brought out the best in Paul. It's awesome. Yeah, so I'm a you know a lot of people I know their whole life let the cat out. The whole their whole life comes from being sober. The person they've had kids with, their jobs, where they live, everything. I mean, they truly have been completely taken care of by the new employer it's mind-boggling how many people their whole life today is rooted in them being in aa blows my mind yeah so yes i hope that was somewhat near the topic you know whatever but yeah honey i think uh see it's not like we're in the we're under the effects now we're being worked on right this second that's the beauty of it yeah yeah it's never ending yeah it's never ending that which is working through us doesn't take a break we may it gives us a lot of breaks but it doesn't take a break yeah yeah look at how many talks we've done i enjoy every one of them it blows my mind I mean, we've been coming here twice a week for eight months or something. I've enjoyed every one of these events. Blows my mind completely. Can I remember any of them? No. <laughs> I can't remember a fucking thing I said because I didn't say it. But I, I walk away with a nice, a very nice warmth and a fondness for a lot of the people I see in, on this, in the squares. Yeah? It's amazing. And all I did was say yes to someone who called me from England and asked me, would you be willing to do talks on recovery Tuesdays and Thursdays? I said, sure. Yeah. And here we have it. 
It's beautiful. All coming from recovery. I mean, why don't I mean seriously? If I feel its effects from the left of me, the right of me, below me, above me, I mean, where I'm pretty much surrounded by by this grace, so to speak. Yeah, I don't see why. I see all of us are in the same condition. We may not think so, we may not feel so, but I believe it is so. I do. Yeah, I've had a lot of shit I believed, and it never outbelieved this belief yeah the old belief that would come up would erode and pass away and this belief continued the belief on reliance on a higher power it has yeah no other belief has been able to withstand that belief yeah hasn't they may have had much more fireworks at the beginning much louder heralding a, a proclamation it was always going to be this way, but they have come to pass, as it says. This too has passed. Yes, but the re- but the reliance on a higher power hasn't. It's been other than shitting, eating, breathing, pissing. It's probably been the most thing I've ever done, <laughs> and I'm not doing it. Yeah, there was just a being convinced I was fucked and my role in that and realizing there's no way I'm going to get out of me as me and then just you know just submitting submitting myself to the program and it's changed me greatly yeah and I've seen it do wonders on so many other people it's mind-boggling yeah and some of them they don't pay any attention to it this they get caught up in the daily little drama which is fine but it's nice to have it mellowed out by a, an honoring of how far you've been taken yeah yeah, yeah. So, thanks honey it's nice to see you meryl in these little videos very happy it's nice to hear your child yeah Thank you. yeah thanks a lot paul thanks a lot meryl um, do you want to say your goodbyes, Paul? Yes, I would like to. Yes. All right. So, Meryl, what's your what's your child's name? Vincent. Vincent. Well, say hello to Vincent from all of us. Hello, Vin. Oh, Vincent's out. He's oh, he's coming back alive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have Joseph over there. Nice to see you again, nice Joseph. To see you again, Joseph. Uh, we got Daryl, or is it uh, Dari? Dari Barrington, yes. Walter from the uh, Amsterdam, or somewhere in Netherlands. Nice to see you, Walter. Ben, nice to see you, Ben. We got a Zoom user called Helen. Yeah. We got Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Always a pleasure, honey. Alan. We got Justin. Nice to meet you, Justin, there. Uh, We got Nina again. Happy to see you, Nina. Keep coming back, yes. And, as always, we got uh, Carl from somewhere. Well, from Ireland. Nice to see you, Carl. Jack G. Squatting on someone's property again. I see the ocean. Wow, it's beautiful. 
That's one hell of a cold ocean over in Massachusetts, man. Jesus Christ. We got Giselle. Nice to see you, Giselle. Beatrice. I've cast my ballot for you, Beatrice, already. Maggie. I stuffed the ballot box for Beatrice. We got Raven from British Columbia. Nice to see you, Raven. Stephen of Glasgow. Stephen Paris of Glasgow. Can you say miracle for us one more time? Miracle. Say one more time. Miracle. Miracle. Yes. Fantastic. John Woodruff. We're all, I want to say this as a, I want to get that recorded. I want to say every meaning. We're all a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to, we want to do that. That would be cool. Every time I have a little beeper when someone's speaking, we're all a miracle. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, John W., nice to see you. He's inside today. Wow, that's a first. Sharon, nice to see you. Uh, uh, Amy K. or Amik from uh, Seattle. Nice to see you, honey. Phoenix, there he is. Uh, Michael Stacy, my main man. All's well, Michael. Yes, good. We got Maggie. Maggie there with, I like the hats up there on the ceiling, on the roof, I mean. No, on the wall. She's in the upside down. That's cool. We got, uh, let's see, we got, let me see who else is here. Uh, hold on. Oh, we got, we said hello to these folks. We got Kurt, as always, Kaiser, Rob Fah, Joseph C. again, Jacob from Seattle. Hope you're doing well. Mike Z, as always, Paul, it's always a pleasure. Owen K., nice to see you, Owen. Hey, everyone, thank you for this opportunity. I hope to see you again. Tomorrow night we have uh, non-duality and then Thursday recovery. And Yeah, hope to see you again in Zoom. Thank you. Hey, Mike, stop recording.